Greetings, guys and gals. Join me here at Success Over Stress, where the goal is to strengthen strategies that will defeat doubt, cure complacency, and strangle stress. I'm on the road to a healthier, happier, and stress-controlled life by taking control of my financial situation. With the right direction, so can you. Hey, it's September the 8th. This is Eric. Success over stress. Now I want to talk to you today about properties, identifying properties and moving forward with a real estate career. This is your Tuesday tip. And yeah, so I'm going to tell you about what I look for in a property. So typically I'm looking for a property that can have added value through, or as they would say, forced value or uh, forced equity through renovations, through improvements. So you buy the property for a discount, you do work to it, you bring the value up. And so then not only do you immediately increase the value of the property because it's worth more because you've done stuff to it, but also it's important to me, it's important that I don't buy a property and after I fix it up, I'm a hundred percent of the after repair value. After repair value you'll hear in real estate is referred to as the ARV, after repair value. The ARC is the after repair cost. And so for instance, you buy a property for a certain amount, you put some rehab monies into it. And so now this final number is your after repair cost. It's how much you're pretty much all in it for. Now, once again, I don't want that number to be too close to my after repair value because at that point, you're not really an investor, you're more of a buyer, right? Because anybody can go out and buy a property for what it's worth. But if you don't have some type of leverage on equity or value or financing, then you're not really increasing or exponentially increasing your net worth. You're really just trading dollar for dollar. And the value comes in where you're able to find good properties, as they would say, buy right, and you can immediately increase your value or your equity that way, increase your net worth. So the properties that I look for, I'm typically looking for properties that, like I said, need work, but I have three kind of pillars that I, that none of them can stand together. So... I can, I can buy a property with one or the other of them being bad, except for the foundation. I don't like to really deal with a property that has foundation issues. I've just steered clear of that in, um, in past years. Now, certainly there's folks who can manage that task, and those people can have all of the properties that I don't want. Um, also, 
I really look at the roof, the condition of the roof. If the roof is really bad, then that's going to give some kind of indication that there is damage throughout the house. Also, the windows. If the windows are really bad and they're not keeping water out, then once again, you're going to have that water running uh, alongside the, the studs, down the wall, on into the floor, um, into the joists. I mean, water, a, a house can really stand a lot of, a lot of beating, uh, but water on the house, standing on the wood or in the soil, standing or constantly wetting the, um, the soil beneath the house will allow that foundation to settle, cause cracks, cause all kinds of issues. Um, I recently bought a property that's got tall trees, a lot of trees around the house. And, and that's another thing that you do want to be cautious of, trees, especially when they have visible and surface roots. That's the worst. Now, the trees at the property that I have, the roots are deep. They're not on the surface. So that's not that big of an issue. But they are very tall and they're starting to drop dead limbs onto the um, onto the ground below. So that's got to be something that's got to be limbed up and make sure that the investment is protected. So that's some of the basic stuff that I look for in, in terms of inside the house. I want it to be fairly solid. Now, not sure how many properties you guys may be into or have looked at, but you're typically always going to find, well, in older homes, you'll likely find weak floors in the kitchen and the bathroom. Why? Because these are where your plumbing fixtures come. And over the course of time, you're always, always, you'll typically find that there will be a leak around the valves in the kitchen or a leak around the valves in the bathroom or um, you may have a bad, um, what is it, the wax ring for the toilet. You may have a little bit of a sewage kind of leaking onto the floor. Uh, same thing with the, with the shower, the diverter, you know, it, that diverter, the diverter is pretty much, it's a rough end valve. So if you've got a leak over time that starts in those walls, it'll just drip, 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 and it'll get all that wood wet back there and it'll cause weak floors. And a lot of the times you're going to find that those will be the rooms that have to have flooring repaired. And once again, you probably want to go ahead and have those valves replaced, have a plumber come in and um, upfit the the plumbing. Even if it's just the the vertical, uh, the vertical part of the plumbing that comes up to the up to the valves and up to the fixtures. And probably fit it with, with PEX. That's pretty much where the industry is going now is is PEX. Uh, it's kind of like plastic. I forget the is it polyethylene I don't know um, but it's it's flexible enough that if you have a frozen frozen water supply lines that it won't do a lot of damage by freezing and busting the pipes right um, a frozen copper line will certainly break that copper 
you know, frozen um, the iron pipes, the galvanized steel, I guess, that they use. You know, they can, I don't think that's going to bust as quickly as copper, but, you know, you can certainly get cracks there. And what else? The PVC, the CPVC, that will certainly, I think that's more fragile than the copper is. So that'll certainly bust as well. Let's see, plumbing is one of the big deals. And I think, oh, definitely check your electrical. You want to have upgraded service panel. That way you can get the, um, get any new appliances that you need updated to the house. Uh, if you're doing baseboard heater or something like that, or if you're doing hot water heater, you can get any of those things done without much issue. But if you do need to get that service panel upgraded, probably going to be looking anywhere from a thousand to maybe two or three thousand dollars to get that upgraded by an electrician. Um, yeah, check with your local housing code, your local housing authority. I recently bought a property and I was just going to put baseboard heating in it. And Minimum Housing said, this was in High Point, North Carolina. Minimum Housing said that, no, you can put baseboard heating, but to do that, you need to have insulation in the walls and the ceiling and the floors. So, the of course, putting insulation in the ceiling and the floors, not that big a deal. But the walls, this is an older house. I think it's a 30s or 40s house. Um, a lot of the walls are plaster, but in order to get insulation in the walls, oh man, you have to cut holes in the walls or tear the walls down to blow insulation in. That would be a exorbitant amount of cost. And so instead, I actually went with the HVAC unit, which cost me more than I wanted to spend, but um, I was able to get that unit installed uh, which you know took care of the heating part but I will have to follow up with the minimum housing authority because if it's my understanding I read recently I thought that the all the living areas had to be heated to uh, I think it, I think when the temperature is 30 or 40 degrees outside the living areas have to be heated to a temperature of 70 or 60 something degrees um at a level of four feet above the floor or something like that. But recently, it seemed like I read somewhere that the heating requirement is, is just about one room. So one room, one room, one bedroom, one living space has to fall into those parameters. And if that's the case, I wonder how that works with once again baseboard heating, right? Would you would you have to only get those um, the walls of that room insulated if you're going to do baseboard? Because and and once again, now I'm kind of thinking through this as I say it. Um, because in order to survive in a home the entire home doesn't have to be 70 degrees or some 
warm climate, just a you know, everybody could huddle up in one room. And now that may not be comfortable for everybody. That may not be, you know, the life that might not be sweet living for everybody, but that's at least habitable. Right. And I think that's what they're going for. They're going for minimum housing. So I have to follow up on that. But one of the things I did find out from the building inspector was uh, was about smoke detectors, smoke detectors, at least in this area. He was saying specifically in relation to the um, to the bedrooms, to the to the living, you know, to those bedrooms. So each bedroom has to have a smoke detector. And then um, the if there's a connecting hallway, then I think it's like a space equidistant from the bedrooms needs to have a smoke detector as well. Um, and he said that the I wrote it down somewhere, but the smoke detectors have to be, I think it was three feet or so from any fan blade. Um and not more than a foot from the ceiling, which makes sense. Oh, and also have to be um, a couple feet away from the one of the HVAC registers as well. And he explained it, and it makes sense because when you have that airflow either coming from a ceiling fan or from an HVAC register, that airflow can remove the smoke the smoke particles that can remove the smoke away from a fire alarm and if it removes the smoke then of course you know the fire alarm won't go off uh, quickly or rapidly adequately so those things make sense and once again you know those minimum housing uh, codes they are put there for a reason so um, if you are a landlord make sure that you know what those are and that you're complying with them so that we can all keep our tenants safe. But I'll try to do a follow-up with you guys once I hear back from the minimum housing folks about whether or not that um, that heating restriction applies to like the entire house, all the living quarters, like the bedrooms and the living room and the den and the kitchen and the bathroom. I thought it was everything. You know, I thought it was everything, but now I'm not so sure. So I'll follow up. I'll get back with you. And this was supposed to be a quick one. It's not. <sighs> I hope you got something from it. Talk to you later. This is Eric with Success Over Stress. I'm out. Peace.